Welcome to another episode of Around the Table with Powerful Women. I'm Joy Caffrey. I'm Wendy Love Edge. And I'm Christy Daniels. And today we're here with BJ Garrett. Yeah, thank you. Our episode today is revolving around death and dying. And I want to um, share a little bit about BJ, who is currently a nursing instructor at the University of Arkansas. And she has spent 15 years in gastroenterology, which is the GI for those who know acronyms in the medical world. And she's also been a, um, practiced as a hospice nurse for 13 years. And this topic is particularly passionate to me because I opened up through some of my healing gifts when um, a very close dear friend of mine died at 23 years old and also just from a lot of deaths that I encountered as a child. And so I know you mentioned to me that it's also a subject that's really dear to your heart. So let's start there and tell me more about how you came into being a hospice nurse and the care of death and dying for you. Okay, um, I had a similar experience to you. Um, a dear friend of mine died of AIDS in the, in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And his mother, father, aunt, and three friends were his core caregivers. I was not in medicine at the time. And the hospice nurse asked me where I worked, and I told her the advertising agency I worked for. And she mm -hmm. said, you mean you're not a nurse? And I said, no. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, that's a loss to our profession. Oh, so well, that planted the so seed. Profound. Yeah, yeah, that planted mm -hmm. the seed. And I did not graduate from nursing school until 2001. So mm -hmm. that was a long bridge mm -hmm. that I contemplated whether or not I should do that. And I did work at the GI clinic for a couple of years, but... Um, after two years, I got a job at Hospice Austin's Christopher House, where I mm -hmm. worked for 13 years, because I knew that I needed to be in that genre. Mm -hmm. I had to give back from the gift of taking care of my friend while he mm -hmm. died. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. That was how I got into hospice. Mm -hmm. and, and over your years of working in hospice, what are some of the insights or, or tender moments that you witnessed through that experience? Well, it's interesting that you ask it in that realm because most people say, oh, hospice, that's so difficult. How on earth could you do that? Mm -hmm. But as all of us are born, mm -hmm. all of us are going mm -hmm. to die. Mm -hmm. And it is a it is a rich and rewarding experience to help guide a family and their loved one mm -hmm. towards that end mm -hmm. with peace and grace. Mm -hmm. And there is so much peace and grace to be had if, mm -hmm. if we just let go and let mm -hmm. it happen. Mm -hmm. um, in our country, unfortunately, we don't believe in death. Mm -hmm. And so many times families are so angst. Well, don't start hospice. That means we're giving up. That's mm -hmm. not it at mm -hmm. all. Hospice is, is fulfilling needs at the end of life. It's, it's pain management, it's spirituality, it's mm -hmm. achieving goals, it's communication, it's uh, helping the family to come to grips with what's happening. It's a very holistic mm -hmm. endeavor, and it takes a lot of people. Uh, there's volunteers, there's pets that visit, physicians, nursing assistants, nurses. Um, so it takes a team of people, mm -hmm. and it is the most rewarding and satisfying thing I've ever done, mm -hmm. ever. When you are just saying that, I was thinking, you know, we say it takes a village when we're yes. birthing a child or yes, raising a child. Mm -hmm. It's the same at the end of mm -hmm. life, too. Yeah. It's and, exactly true. And a, as an energy healer that can perceive things um, 
that maybe isn't always seen to other people. Mm-hmm. I um, sp- spent weeks with a woman that died from ALS, mm-hmm. and besides all of the family and everyone there, also her loved ones that had already crossed had been there. Absolutely. For those days beforehand, and they were in the room with us, and I could feel them and them and perceive them, and they were, um, it was, yeah. Now, you have a gift that, that mm-hmm. most people don't see mm-hmm. the loved ones, mm-hmm. but every person that's involved in hospice knows that they're there, mm-hmm. and we all believe. Mm-hmm. Because the people, the patient that's dying talks to them, mm-hmm. and the patient that's dying reaches out to them, and we know as, as practitioners that they are there. Mm-hmm. But we don't really ever get to see them or hear them in a way that you might. So mm-hmm. I love hearing mm-hmm. the exact mm-hmm. same story. I have a real, just a funny humorous story to share Um, with um, Kim that was dying Um, her grandfather who was an artist and and loved music I saw him with a cello and he was playing a cello and um, anyway he he was letting me know he was there and even stepping back when he needed to well then the night that she actually died Kim came to me with the grandfather right behind with the cello saying to me I missed his joke what, apparently he was a man of many puns oh. and what he was saying was cello I'm here cello I'm here and so I missed the joke that's perfect and, but um, she knew but yeah. she knew yeah. Yeah. and anyway and he just really wanted me to make sure that I got that I missed his pun <laughs> anyway yeah. this time of year is really tough for me because my mother passed on mm-hmm. November 6th oh, my. and so even though it's been 13 years it's still it's always the, about the month before and a couple of weeks after it's a little challenging for me but I have really great memories of the the hospice workers Mm -hmm. at the end of her life really trying to keep her comfortable yes and she was still in so much pain and they would tend to me because I was really worried about Mm -hmm. that you know and um it is um it's difficult so many people came and they let everyone just sit around her bed and 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 be there you know kind of hold space for her and help her pass and then her brother lived in um, Virginia and she just was so close to passing but when he was on his way Mm -hmm. and so she was really kind of out of it you know and I remember getting real close to her and saying mom are you waiting for your brother to come are you waiting for Uncle Robert to come and she just kind of nodded and Mm -hmm. she passed soon after he arrived oh yeah and and he said to her you know I'm here now Claire you know and um but really the staff being so kind to all of mm-hmm. us and even giving me a place to sleep because I wanted to stay Absolutely. there. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. just it gave so much comfort at mm-hmm. a time that was so difficult. Um, and I talked to so many people who have that experience with mm-hmm. hospice. It's so important. Um, I think um, at home we can also do that if the family's able to exactly. provide it. But in our modern mm-hmm. world, it's really hard. You know? Well, it does take more than one person to care for someone that's mm-hmm. dying. Mm-hmm. And if you if you can have around the clock help, like when my friend Bobby died, because it's needed. Around uh, yeah, the clock. I mean, you yeah. just you know, you, mm-hmm. the patient can't go hours without attention, and so there was six of us that cared for him. Mm-hmm. And it took six of us to do it. So mm-hmm. um, it is lovely if if you can have your loved one die at home because that's where most people say mm-hmm. they want to die. Eighty mm-hmm. percent of people in this country die in a hospital or a nursing home, and mm-hmm. more than almost a hundred percent say they'd like to die at home. 
Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen well, often enough. Mm-hmm. Those figures are astounding. astounding. So 100, 80% die 80% in die in a hospital or a nursing home. About 50 mm-hmm. in the hospital, 30% in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. But people say they would much rather die at home. And who wouldn't want to? That's mm-hmm. where they're the most comfortable. Right. Yeah. So it's I part of the life yeah. cycle. You know, you yeah. we're sitting around the, mm-hmm. this table, mm-hmm. in which, yeah. you know, it feels really homey mm-hmm. and pleasant, yes. you know. And mm-hmm. so death being part of this whole, just part of life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why not be at home, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if possible? Yeah. It's just very hard for people, I think. It is. And, you know, Americans, we just don't believe in it. We are so good at rescuing yes. people. We yeah. have discovered how to cheat death and how to extend right. life. And it's not always the right thing to do. Right. It is yeah. not always the right thing to do. I had a situation when I was living in the Chicago area, and a gentleman who knew my healing skills asked me to come into a nursing home to heal his mother mm-hmm. who was probably like 87 years old at the mm-hmm. time and you know hanging on hanging on and um so i met with the three of them for a little bit and then he left the room as soon as he left the room she turned to me and she said tell him to let me die and it was yeah. so clear it Absolutely. was so clear and um and then she you know she wasn't having been that lucid but when she as soon as he left she said it so clearly exactly and then i had a conversation with him about the the naturalness of death mm-hmm. and her very much readiness mm-hmm. and and she died the next day of course after like he 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 was able to let go. Yeah, yeah. he acknowledged yeah. her yeah. wishes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And people yeah. do get tired, and they do want to to move mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and and holding on to them. Do everything you can to keep grandma alive. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. a full code on somebody that's a hundred years old that has cancer just doesn't make any sense to revive them mm-hmm. because their body is not viable. They've already mm-hmm. lived this mm-hmm. long life. Exactly. You know? But it's hard. It's hard. I think you're right. It's a cultural mm-hmm. thing it is cultural. here in the and, United and we, States. And we have times when they haven't lived a long life, right? Like, exactly. You know, and my husband's brother was in a car accident. Yes. And he was on, you know, life support. Um you know, it was for at least for the family to gather there. But mm-hmm. there's many families that will keep people on life support when there's mm-hmm. you know no no chance at all. Exactly. You know, and exactly. Yeah, can we feel? It's a tough decision. It is for people. To it make. is very difficult. I think also religion comes into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but some people are afraid to die because of where they think they might go, you know, and um, and then that brings up a whole nother piece that keeps them holding on. Exactly. Because of fear. Exactly. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. When we birth into the world so naturally, exactly. and we trust that we can birth out just exactly. as naturally. Exactly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of brings up my point. My platform is a good death. We can all die well. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the elements of dying well are planning. Mm-hmm. And part of planning is talking to the people that you love and letting them know how you feel. Mm-hmm. Because if they're faced with that, should I keep them on life support, but you've had this conversation, mm-hmm. they know what your wishes are. Mm-hmm. Of course, documentation helps too. A living will, mm-hmm. a medical power of attorney. And these are things people, oh, I don't want to talk about that. That's that's morbid. We shouldn't talk about that. But when you're faced with those mm-hmm. choices, mm-hmm. when unexpected, mm-hmm. you have some ground to stand on. You know how the person that you loved feels, mm-hmm. and you know 
what their wishes are. Well, it's mm-hmm. like you know how to care for them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Their wishes. Exactly. That's my point. And so we all can die the way that we choose. Like, I really want to be buried in a green cemetery. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody I know knows this. I don't want to be embalmed and go into a box mm-hmm. and, and turn into mush for all of eternity. I want to go back to the earth because I came from the elements of the earth, and that's mm-hmm. the way I want to go back. Yeah, and that's kind of, I was raised Jewish, uh-huh. so, you know, we're, there's no embalming. It's exactly. you know, a shroud in a pine box back exactly. to the earth, so exactly. I can relate. That, mm-hmm. even though I really identify more as a spiritualist, that that upbringing is in the background, telling me uh, that that it's kind of punctuating and saying, "Yes, you're right. This is mm-hmm. the what to do." You know, um, but I love it that in Arkansas they've been working on green cemeteries. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I have a creative nature, and I and we've had these. My husband and I have had these conversations because my parents aren't so willing to talk about it. Exactly. And we've been, you know, and I. In fact, I'm going there next week, and I want to finish these conversations. Exactly. But I, I've told my husband, "Well, okay, I have a couple of different wishes. This could be right. Sound morbid? Like I'm like take a couple of my limbs." And throw them out to the animals across the street and then I would love a really big fire in the front yard I love heat and fire I'd love to just have a big bonfire and bury the rest of me and he's I don't know if the city would go for that <laughs> that is true that may not be legal in all 50 states yeah, right. you have to figure out where you could, yeah, do, that. We could do that if not here but yeah, exactly. um, but I think those conversations are important and pe- you're absolutely right people put the stops on it mm-hmm. but you know let's face it in America today, people aren't even wanting to really plan their future at all. Never mind their death. You know, it's really difficult to get people to stop for a minute and say, "Well, what are your goals? Where are you? What is it that you'd like to do?" And then taking that step further, really planning the end too. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I bet that's true. There's an organization called the Five Wishes. Are you familiar? With yes, that? yes, and it is legal in Arkansas. Actually, mm-hmm. um, I taught an end of life issues class in Texas. That was one of the exercises that we did. Mm-hmm. Although it was not legal in Texas, mm-hmm. but it still got the students to think about it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but here, it is a legal document, mm-hmm. and so um, what it, is this? I'm not aware. It's, of it. it's um, how you want to be taken care of, um, who, uh, who you want to be there, what legal ramifications. It's five different wishes, okay. um, and I can't. Yeah, I, uh, I actually I should have. Yeah, we should have grabbed it out. My head um, <laughs> but there's a woman that I've been talking with, um, um, Devora in New York, who mm-hmm. wants to do workshops around this subject. And we talked about collaborating, where we do a workshop where people actually fill out that five exactly. wishes. Exactly. And as they bump into the emotional issues that are rising that can't get them to put it down, we would help process those emotions. And then maybe have a notary right at the workshop oh, at the end exactly. of the workshop. Yeah. Like, let's, exactly. let's help you actually finish this yeah. document. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Although even though uh, in Texas it wasn't legal, it was still a good exercise to go sure, through. Sure, right. Because your loved ones would know. What you yes, want. and yeah. you can transfer that some of that into a living will mm-hmm. and into mm-hmm. uh, getting a medical power of attorney because those mm-hmm. are the really important things to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A medical power of attorney, when would that be needed? If the person could not speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. As long as they are, have sound mind and can make decisions, they can make their medical decisions. Mm-hmm. But when they're no longer able to speak t- for themselves due to illness or injury, then the medical power of attorney would make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So you want to pick somebody 
that's going to honor your wishes and not keep you alive at all costs. Mm -hmm. You know, you may say, well, I really want my spouse to be my medical power of attorney, but it might be better to have your best friend. Mm -hmm. It's hard. I know when my mother was dying, my dad just wanted to keep her alive of at all course. costs. Of course. And I was the one that told them to take her off the chemotherapy because yes. it was making, she was dying and it was making her sicker. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it didn't make any sense to me. And yes. I struggle still with that decision and wish it hadn't been me that had to make it, but I, I it had to be me because yes. he just, all he wanted was for her to stay uh, alive, which yes. of course, if she was well, I would have loved that too, exactly. you know. But sometimes those decisions are really hard. And I think you're right. You need an... As not not a spouse or a partner, you know, somebody And else. sometimes it could be a child. Um, I was a paramedic before. I was a nurse. And, you know, somebody that had do not resuscitate and the grandchildren would be crying, please keep grandma alive. And if a family member begs, we start resuscitation efforts. Mm -hmm. Although in most cases it's futile, but the point is... Mm -hmm. um, just the act of trying gives yeah. some comfort and some closure to the family. Right. Yeah. So I actually had a near-death experience. Wow. That um, and I just dreamed about it last night, which I guess maybe I guess even so. in preparation for this, mm -hmm. I didn't even think about it. And, and it was a situation where um, I have endometriosis, which is when the lining of the uterus goes mm -hmm. outside of the uterus, mm -hmm. and an endometriosis scar broke open on top of a blood vessel, a major blood vessel. So I was bleeding internally, not exactly. externally. Right. And I, I literally left my body to say goodbye to my husband, wow. to my oldest daughter, to my son. I got to our five-year-old at the time, and she was holding me like a kite. Yeah. You know, and she came in the room, and I was like, it's time to call the ambulance, mommy. <laughs> like in real life. Um, but a friend of ours who was watching our, our son that day was a nurse, and she came, and she saw me in the morning, and then she saw me 12 hours later, which the entire time I was just bleeding and doing the lock. And she, I was really lucky that I lived that long, right? Um, so that, and that's a time where I'm actually really happy that there was medical intervention. Yes. And, and I think so much. It wasn't much, your time. It wasn't my time. Yeah. How much was I meant to? Yeah. Um, yeah. Keep on, keep it's, it on, keep it on. <laughs> it's, it's interesting when you say it wasn't her time because everyone does have a time and yet mm -hmm. we keep trying to cheat that. Exactly. You know? We try to change Rather our time. Rather honor. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Earth. Because it can be beautiful. Yeah. Uh, some of the most beautiful things I've seen in my life are families standing around bed when their loved one left mm. the planet. It mm. can be very peaceful. Just as we're born into the world, we also leave this world. Yeah. And if 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 your listeners get anything from this from this from my message, it is open up a dialogue with the people that you mm. love. Make sure that you talk about what it is that they want. And tell your friends and your loved ones what you want, mm -hmm. because that's how you can get what you want. You can plan for it. You can have the paperwork and the documentation in place. And the people that know you and love you will know and hopefully honor your wishes, because mm -hmm. that's what it takes. We don't talk about death in this society. Mm -hmm. We just yeah. pretend like it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in order to get the best experience that we possibly can, and also... Let's also open up a dialogue about hospice because hospice brings peace and comfort to the end of life. It's not giving up. In fact, mm -hmm. documentation shows that early hospice intervention, people outlive their six-month diagnosis time and time again mm -hmm. because their needs are met, their family's mm -hmm. needs are met, mm -hmm. yeah. and they actually mm -hmm. can live much, much longer. So mm -hmm. hospice is not giving up. Hospice is mm -hmm. stepping in 
and getting everybody's needs met. Yeah, and I think hospice is a compassionate choice. Um, it is. For my, uh, my husband and his family just experienced about three years ago the passing of their father. Mm-hmm. And so we were at Washington Regional mm-hmm. Hospice. And so it was an actual room, you know, it wasn't yes. or anything. And they had uh, an extra room that was at the side yes. where yeah. everybody could sleep sure. over. And um, he did end up living a lot longer, but his pain, which was the worst yes. element of that, was taken care of. Yes. And they felt more at peace. Yes. And they were all there at the very end. Yes. And it, mm-hmm. it was... The staff was just, they were beautiful. They were meeting all of the needs. Yeah. All the needs were met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're well-trained. Yeah. Yes, very yeah, well-trained. beautiful. Yeah. So in the nursing program, mm-hmm. is it addressed with the nursing students? Is there a course on death and dying? or? Actually, um, Kathy Hale teaches a course on, on end-of-life issues. And... Um, Dr. Murray teaches an older adult class, and I have been doing um, a single lecture on end-of-life issues. I, I still do uh, a guest lecture at Austin Community College every semester because mm-hmm. that was my class, and the mm-hmm. person that got the class has me come in and teach. And, and my platform is a good death. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because um, the students at Austin Community College are older, and they really embrace it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. 16 weeks of all different topics. But one class with, with the, the students in their first semester of nursing, you can tell they're very uncomfortable. You know, they're 19, 20, 21 years old, and they just really do not want to hear about it. Mm. They, uh, some of them come back and tell me, you know, the kids around me were saying, we just wish you would stop talking. Um, wow. Because mm-hmm. it's never, you know, they're mm-hmm. young. They, they don't have a sense of mortality when you're, when mm-hmm. you're 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when um, my husband and I had a, a close friend, um, the other couple, we were both pregnant at the same time, and their baby was born a few months before ours and died a few days after their birth. And um, at the time, we were on this, um, a sports team, and so many people from the sports team would say, could you go tell, you know, say this to Stephanie? And I'm like, why don't you? And they're like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. And, it, and I just felt that sense of abandonment that people feel when they lose a loved one. Right. You know, the, the death of a child that mm-hmm. can be, become so isolating because we don't talk about it right. as a culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that brings up a good point. You know, um, sometimes we don't know what to say. And the best thing to say is, I am so sorry. I don't even know what to tell you, but I'm I'm just going to be here for you. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, uh, as Brene Brown would say, we try to silver line it. Mm -hmm. And you can't silver line Mm -hmm. it, but you can get pregnant again. That's the worst thing you can say to Mm -hmm. someone that just lost a child. Mm -hmm. So um, just letting them know that you're there, Mm -hmm. calling them up and saying, you know, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. On a regular basis, don't abandon them because yeah. they do need that contact. Yeah. And if you don't know what to say, there's always acts of service that you can do. Exactly. You know, like going if it, if it's a friend you know well enough, go into their home and literally take out their garbage because exactly. they're not thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Or, exactly. You know, do their laundry, switch their laundry for them. Bring some food. Yeah. Bring some food. Bring some flowers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sit with them. Just, you know, I'm going to come over and we're going to have a cup of tea. I want to um, extend this to another territory because it came. I was thinking of it as we're speaking, and that's with pets, like how mm-hmm. often people struggle with not knowing when to put down their pet. And, and our family, we had a black lab whose hips were just awful, and he was, we just couldn't 
bring ourselves. My husband and I were like, oh, we'll wait till our daughter gets home from college. And then when she got there, we still weren't doing it. Yeah. And it took our son to come home and say, guys, it's time. Yeah. Like, we need to go put him yeah. down. He's not having a... He's suffering. He's suffering. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know a lot of other friends that I've spoken to really struggle with how long mm-hmm. do I give... Do you think it's because mm-hmm. you're making a choice to end their life? It, it makes it that much harder? Mm-hmm. You know, with a person... In most states, that's or all of them. I don't know. Is it illegal to mm-hmm. euthanasia is still illegal? It's illegal in everywhere. Right? <laughs> but here, we're 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 kind of forced because they're not passing on their own, but they're so sick or they right. can't even, you know, right. go outside to go to the bathroom right. or whatever it happens to be. And so then you have to make that choice, which is a little bit harder. And I, and I think what I've come to because we've had to put down several pets is. Um, it's maybe I now see it as a responsibility of the pet owner because if that animal was in nature in the wild, it would have died much sooner, yeah. right? Like that's way true. before. Right. But, that's we, true. but we've taken them out of nature, and now that they're in our homes, I think we have a responsibility for their um, yeah. to give them a pain, yeah. a, you know, more pain-free end of life. You know, and and I've sadly had to have some animals put down, and I think that the the pain for me is to lose them out of our daily life. Mm. Um, I find comfort in the fact that they're not going to suffer anymore, but I'm not going to see them anymore either. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that to me, I can't say that for all owners, but to me, it isn't the choice of taking their life. It's setting them free, really. It's setting right. them free mm-hmm. from their suffering. Mm-hmm. But it's just that I'm not going to see them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had a cat, and I said, you know, you tell me when you're ready. And the day that she told me, I just fell apart. But I knew. Mm-hmm. I, I promise you, when, mm-hmm. when you're ready, you just tell me. And she told me, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was that. I had to honor her, mm-hmm. her wishes. Mm-hmm. So. And maybe that also still translates back to our loved ones, is that we're not ready to lose them in our lives. Exactly. Right? We don't want to see them in pain, but we're not ready to have it be the last time that we're going to be Exactly. Present. But it's also mm-hmm. cultural, because in other cultures, they, they, they accept death as natural. Mm-hmm. We just don't. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, the doctors can do something to keep them alive. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's sad, because it is so, it is mm-hmm. so natural. Um, it used to be that the person would die in the home, we would clean them and dress them, and we would put them to mm-hmm. show in the parlor, the mm-hmm. front room of the house. Yeah, I wish we still had that. Well, I, I want that. I know. I, I would love to. Home funerals are legal in every state in the United they States, are. and you can yes. do that. Oh, there this was a is woman, good information for me. Yeah, yeah. in, in mm-hmm. Austin, Texas, they had a home funeral uh, practice, and these women would come in. Donna Belks was one of the women. Uh, you can look up their podcasts and everything, mm-hmm. and they would teach you how to do a home funeral. Yeah, I love this information. But the reason, the reason for telling the story is that in the 50s, we decided to get rid of that parlor connotation, and we changed the name to the living room. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. From the parlor, because the parlor was associated with the funeral, and now we call a funeral parlor mm-hmm. the parlor, oh, right. and we the house the home. is the living room. <laughs> and I actually learned another reason that I learned that there's more of the funeral homes was during the Civil War. Yes, that they couldn't get the bodies back fast enough to the families yes. to be able to have it yes. in a healthy way, mm-hmm. and so they had to start having the funeral homes. Well, they embalmed them in embalmed the field, them. right? Yeah, I think they would for five cents they would embalm your soldier mm-hmm. and bring mm-hmm. the soldier home on the train. So. They still mm-hmm. looked like a person. They didn't putrefy in the train right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it quickly became a revenue stream. Right, you know, that's what I heard. We yeah. really don't need to embalm our bodies. Mm -hmm. And um, there are uh, wonderful TED Talks that you can look at as to how many Olympic swimming pools of embalming fluid we put underneath. Underneath us. Underneath the ground. Right. How much concrete is under the ground? Mm -hmm. We could take a sidewalk. I believe it's around the earth 83 times wow. with as much concrete as in our cemeteries. This is a waste of resources that's mm -hmm. buried under the ground that we mm -hmm. can never get to. And mm -hmm. what will that embalming fluid do to the environment? Well, if it leaks, yeah, it, it does leach eventually. I mean, mm -hmm. even though they say they're hermetically sealed, it's mm -hmm. it does leach back into the environment. I and know. it's toxic. Mm -hmm. My brother had died and lived in Durango, Colorado, and at the time they didn't have um, the person that, uh, the, I forget the name of the person that does the final death. Um, At the funeral home? Or, yeah, or not, not the, the doctor, coroner. The coroner, coroner. coroner. yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the coroner. Um, they had to have a visiting coroner, so they had um, my brother on ice um, before the, they couldn't embalm until the coroner saw Oh, him, interesting. Right? And, then, and then my mom wanted a church service, and the church required it him to be embalmed so I got to the funeral home was so Hi. kind that they allowed us to come and see my brother before the coroner came because sure. it was going to be so many days and so I went and saw my brother and it looked like my brother yes all right and it, it, it was just a beautiful intimate experience and then several days later when they had embalmed him and I saw him it was like who's that in the casket uh -huh. that does not look anything like my brother it, the fluids changed his facial features and mm -hmm. I, I was so happy that I got to see that before mm -hmm. and after and, and I adamantly told my husband no embalming yes, no right. no 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 embalming mm -hmm. for me yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a good choice <laughs> yeah I, well I, I think I, it might be time to okay because I didn't look at the clock this time yeah Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for being here, BJ, and adding your pleasure. wisdom. And, yeah. and I just I just hope that some people do open up dialogue with their families. Yeah. That's that's Let's my do. wish. I hope yeah. so. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for all your work. <laughs> joyful. Here, and for a soulful. Here's to a soulful, joyful, joyful and, edgy, and, and edgy life. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for watching another episode or listening to another episode, and see you next time. And we have a postscript that we would like to add. I would just like to challenge everyone to open up a dialogue about end-of-life wishes with the people that they love. Go to fivewishes.org and look at the documents there. Even if they're not legal in your state, they can still be a method of talking with your family, talking with the people you love about what you want at the end of your life and what they want at the end of their at the end of theirs. We all can die well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you too. And what a beautiful way to empower yourself um, mm -hmm. and your family. Yeah. Um, Fivewishes.org. Fivewishes.org. Yeah.